to see the demon in you doesn't want to come out and play. I can see the demon in you doesn't want to come out and play. Everybody say, fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Everybody say, fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. going down welcome back to the fuck this shit podcast it's your boy dre back again you already know how we start the podcast each week thank you for taking the time out to listen to this motherfucker man you know how much i appreciate that shit because time is valuable you spending your time with me is valuable to me because my time is valuable to me so now you valuable to me you know what i'm saying i'm all about the transitive property (laughs) uh in the meantime, you know what I'm saying? There's a link in the show notes as always. You can click that link. You can become a subscriber for $5, you know what I'm saying? You get your episodes early. You get video episodes. I love you more than everybody else and all of that other shit. You can also follow all the social media pages. That shit free. You can leave a five-star review. That shit free. You can tell a friend. That shit free too. And I'm all about some free shit because if it's free, it's me. You know what I'm saying? It's a phone number in the show notes as well. You can call into the show. You can leave a voicemail. I will read the voicemail on the show because I love, love, love to get that feedback. And I like y'all to be able to hear each other's feedback on some real player shit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'll play the voicemails for you right now. <clears throat> Ooh. Anyway. Uh, you can also vote in polls on Spotify on each episode. You can leave a comment on Spotify on each episode. You know what I'm saying? So please make sure you do that. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, go follow the podcast on Spotify anyway. If you listen on Spotify, go follow it on Apple Podcasts anyway. If you let the five-star review on one, go leave five-star review on the other. You know what I'm saying? Take both your hands and put them both to work. You know what I'm saying? Go pop, 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 pop. You be doing everything. Anyway, um... I think that's all we got for like regular notes for the show. Um, I ain't gonna lie to y'all, man. Your boy came home straight from work, hit the espresso. You know what I'm saying? Trying to get my mind right to jump into the podcast. Got 45 minutes in, y'all. I love high energy, but man, I wasn't trying to. Y'all ever see New Jack City when Pookie's in the uh, in the room where they where they where they chop the work up? trying to pretend like he's not high as fuck doing jumping jacks and shit like that that's how i felt i don't want to be like that also i thought about a little something some shit i wanted to think about changing up a little bit and uh you know i'm gonna see i'm gonna see how that looks and what that works like but um anyway i'm not gonna keep y'all held up too long especially because i ain't got much time so you know let's uh let's get it started All right, y'all. You already know what time it is. Real nigga story time. So, your boy was at work and I had an interesting encounter. You know, uh, we had a we had some kind of event this week, and uh, we're in the city, not just not not, not at my job, but uh, it was a black fraternity in town. They was cool as fuck, by the way. You know what I'm saying? Just to, for all y'all black people don't tip motherfuckers, they was in there tipping the fuck out your boy. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I think the black people don't tip thing is a self-fulfilling pref- uh, prophecy. Sorry. Sometimes I think the black people don't tip thing is a self-fulfilling prophecy for a lot of servers. You think black people don't tip and you give black people shitty ass fucking service and then like they don't tip you well because they can tell. My personal, uh, you know what I'm saying, experience, it doesn't, it's not that simple. Um, anyway. Uh they coming in showing love or whatever but i'm at work i'm talking to my homegirl kind of waiting on the rush and she's telling me about another motherfucker who got her fucked up so she's over here all of the all the hands all the neck everything she giving me all kinds of expressions you get what i'm saying she not being real loud but she real animated with the storytelling so as my man's is walking by he could tell like the animation coming from her and he's looking at me like hey my man it's like you know whatever you did you know you better be you better make it right or whatever and i'm like oh no 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 man <laughs> this ain't smoke for me my brother 
this is some smoke that she's talking about for another motherfucker. You know, I'm I'm good. You know what I'm saying? I know I would never, I would never disrespect this from right here. I know. So he's like, you know, okay, yeah, okay, young man. He's like an older dude, probably like 60s, you know what I'm saying? Something like that. He, he might have been older than that. I don't know. He black. You know, you can never tell how old we are. Um, so he's he's like, you know, you know, all right, you know, just just kind of, you know, uh. You know, I, I see you kind of thing or whatever. And then he's like, um, he's like, yeah, because, you know, them black women, they they the ones they the ones who really carrying us through all of this. They the ones who really know, you know, and I say, yeah, yes, sir. You know, he said, because, you know, we all came from black women. You know, every everyone came from the black woman. I said, yeah, yeah, for sure. You're right. He say, uh, he said, yeah, because, you know, they not worried about her. Ain't nobody worried. They're they not worried about the black woman. They're not trying to kill her. They're trying to kill you. I said, what? Hold on, wait. They're trying to kill me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He said, yep. He said, you know, he said, they see you riding around in a nice car somewhere. You know, and they 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 mad that they don't got a nice car like that. They want to know what you're doing where you got something like that. So they're going to pull you over and try and kill you the first chance they get. I'm like, yeah, they are. Like, you, you you're not wrong. I don't want to sit up here and flex like I think my nigga wrong because I mean I know they that they are and they will. But where did this come from? Anyway, so he goes from that to talking about yeah because you know the problem is see you know they Caucasians they from the Caucasus Mountains it's cold up there so you know they don't really got resources like that so they got it's scarcity up there so they gotta find somebody else to go take from and steal and pillage because they got that scarcity mindset, you know, but see us, we from where we from is warm. So we got all the resources and we used to have an abundance and things like that. So we don't have that mentality like them white folks have. And that's the reason why they like that. I'm over here like, Hmm. I mean, this is a hot take, but I think it kind of spitting right now. You know what I'm saying? It is cold up there. You know what I'm saying? And, I could see, you know what I'm saying? The Vikings, they was out there on both stealing and shit like that. So, I mean, that's anyway. So then he goes, Yeah, because see, I don't, I'm a Christian, just so you know, I'm a Christian. But you know, Islam had it right when they said uh when they said them white folks was blue-eyed devils and some other shit. I said, oh, okay. I see where you go with this, my nigga. It's going, this going left with expeditiously. This shit is going left, man. My man he's talking about, yeah, he said, because he said, I don't believe in everything, but Islam had it right about them white-eyed devils. It's a table of white folks right behind this man. I know they can hear everything he's saying. I'm over here trying to like be like, I'm trying to agree. But, like, not in front of these white folks that I got to go work for. Like, look, look, I'm trying to agree, but not in front of Massa. You over here blowing up my spot. You over here talking about the blue-eyed devil. I'm on the plantation right now, my nigga. Like, so I'm over here like, yeah, blue-eyed devil. Massa's a, Massa is devil. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm trying to chill if you could keep it low so I could keep this little job I got cracking. But, uh. Yeah, man, we we calling him Mr. Jenkins the Prophet because my man came up and, and and gave us the game, bro. He let us know that the reason white people treat us like this is because it's cold up there. They got that scarcity mindset. They not used to working with abundance like we are. And we just, I don't know, I guess we just let them take advantage of us because we, we don't know no better. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm I'm not going to lie. I, I found that shit very intriguing very interesting i was like this is a, a random ass moment in my life i thought i would share with y'all i hope it's not one of them things where you had to be there because it's some things where you really do got to be there but uh you know <laughs> i know that uh i learned something news you can use but uh anyway you know what I'm, saying? I'm gonna give y'all a little transition as some commercials and we're gonna get back with uh you know some old shit. So let's do a little everything is racist. Um, you know, one thing I've always found interesting is 
how America has this super unique racial dynamic, but the world has a different dynamic with race. And it's not like black, black people getting shitted on everywhere. <laughs> I don't want you to think I'm not about to say that because we are. But things that are way bigger deals globally here in America because our big race thing is like the whole we founded our country off of the backs of a slave underclass, you know. Shit like the plight of Jewish Americans and Jews throughout history and the world, even though we learn about the Holocaust and shit like that or whatever, Americans have such a limited understanding of really culture the world over period. I don't think many of us realize that motherfuckers do not fuck with the Jews the world over in the same way that they don't fuck with black people damn near. Like it ain't too many non-Jewish nations or areas where the Jews get love. So whenever I see their little stories pop up, I'm like, man, they deserve to be on everything as racist too because, I mean, they should be racist. And it's it's wild because I know that it's beef. I seen that movie, You People. You know what I'm saying? So I know. I know that the Jewish and black relations, at least in at least in Los Angeles, seem to be a little strained. Uh, I don't know because I don't live around any Jewish people. And I don't even mean that in a disrespectful way. Like there's no Jewish people here. Nigga, I'm from Oklahoma. I've lived in Oklahoma and now I live in Houston. Yeah, I'm sure there's Jewish communities out here, but I ain't never seen them. I don't know no Jewish communities. I know like two or three Jewish people my whole life. My Everything I know about Jewish people is on TV. And, and, and Frank. So I know. And Kanye. And Kanye. So I know that the what I know is that the Holocaust did happen and that Jewish people have an affinity for NWA, at least in a management capacity, and also that Kanye believes that the Holocaust did not happen. Those are pretty much my whole background on the Jewish community. But in anyway, um these niggas is getting fucked up over here too, though, man. They getting beef over here too, man. This story, uh, neo-Nazi flag waver. Uh, I'm sorry, neo <laughs> neo-Nazi scene waving swastika flags outside multiple Georgia synagogues. I already read this story before, and I'm not gonna read it straight from the article for y'all because the article is super up and down and around the place on some weird shit. Basically. The leader of this white nationalist hate group got together with his homies, drew up some old Holocaust isn't real as Jewish hate literature. And this is all happening around like Macon in the Georgia area, right? They dropped this, the, these little flyers off with these pellets on them, got the residents all scared, thinking it's poison, it's going to fuck with the kids or the dogs or some shit like that. Then they go pull up on one of their fucking synagogues with a bullhorn, hollering all kinds of anti-Semitic Holocaust ain't real shit. Then... The police pull up and they're like, yo, could you stop doing that? And he's like, fuck y'all. And then they keep screaming their little shit. So the police take homie to jail. They release him the next morning. He goes directly to a motherfucking event that they set up, like in solidarity of all of the bullshit that happened, all the attacks that happened on the Jewish community the day before. The community has set up like an event in solidarity to all that. This motherfucker is like, Jasper, get the truck. Gets out of jail, pulls up with his swastika flag. He's outside waving his motherfucking swastika flag and shit like that. While these motherfuckers is out here just trying to like, you know, love and support each other as a community. The reason why I brought this story up outside of the fact that, you know, I just need shit to put on here is because I just find it super ironic. The freedoms that some of us have to protest over others. Because for some of us, our protests are towards the establishment. Like we are protesting the local, municipal, state, or federal government agencies that we feel have done us some kind of wrong. You know what I'm saying? Or you know what I'm saying? When people protest or at the Supreme Court or something like that, we are protesting against a governing body because that is one of the rights bestowed upon us as a populace, right? What these motherfuckers be doing is protesting against other groups of citizens based on the shit they don't like that they do 
and they bring their guns. And I'm not, I ain't see the pictures of these ones, so I don't necessarily know for sure that these particular white nationalists had AK 47 strapped to their chest, but they always do. So I'm sure they fucking did. But that to me is the primary difference. Yeah, in Ferguson, they was over there blowing shit up, but they was burning down targets and some more shit because they was protesting the fucking police department terrorizing their community. And yeah, there's collateral damage. There's going to be fucking civil unrest. There's going to be damage done to communities in the in the in the uh, in the heat of a major protest with that much emotion and all of that shit. But at the end of the day, the target of the protest is in that instance, basically like the police and the local uh, government that allow the police to keep doing the shit they do without having any accountability. That's not the fucking same as being like, we don't fuck with the Jewish people who reside within the community of us. We're going to go protest at their church. That is antagonistic in nature to me. That's not what the fucking shit is supposed to be about. But they don't have any issue with that. They don't see any issue with that. They don't see that as being fucking threatening, intimidating, dangerous. Any of that shit. That's motherfuckers just exercising their rights. But when it's us, after we get preyed upon and fucking discriminated against, abused, fucking used, and fucking just consistently end up being the marginalized group. We're always the ones who getting fucked in the situation. When we have some kind of quote unquote uprising over that, or we fed up with that, or we so tired of that, then there's no way to understand. We, we're rioters. We fucking criminals, thugs, all this other bullshit. And that's like some shit I just can't fuck with, bro. It's one of the things I hate the most about this bullshit. Not even gonna lie. Anyway. <sighs> Y'all, some shit. Some shit really just be seeming like. America is such a racist place that even when a situation doesn't seem to make sense, it's difficult to really just analyze all of the facts for what they are and try and come up with what you really think happened because so much of what happens in America is based in like a systemic level of racism and in some of these areas it's like a cultural thing as well so not only is the system racist but the culture is racist as well so it kind of looks out for each other in a way where a story like the one i'm about to read comes up and you wondering how much are the police just colluding on the side of this white man who's got this crazy story against a black man? How much is it really some misgivings here or some some bullshit going on? This is one of the stories that I've had a lot of trouble really understanding more about. And, you know, I was going to read this one article that I already have, but even deeper on some America's so fucking racist shit. The, the story that I'm reading. Um, sorry. <clears throat> the story that I'm reading is talking about him. Like he's already guilty. Like he's a fucking animal. And some like it's literally talking about he snarled at the officers and the and the um and the homeowner after they busted him. Like I it was it was trash. So I had to find a new article. Anyway, uh city of South Fulton mayor released on bond order states address of home he allegedly burglarized. 
The mayor of the city of South Fulton was arrested, according to the Fulton County Sheriff's Office. The office has confirmed the city of South Fulton Mayor Khalid Kamal's arrest, adding that he was taken to his jail. However, the office specified that the mayor was arrested by the South, South Fulton Police Department, not Fulton County deputies. Records from the office show that Kamal was taken into custody or criminal trespassing and burglary in the first degree. Kamal was released from jail on an $11,000 bond Saturday evening, according to jail records. The bond states he must stay away from the home he allegedly trespassed and burglarized, which was located off of Cascade Palmetto Highway in Fairburn. Additionally, he must undergo a necessary mental health evaluation due to the circumstances of the warrant. The record shows that Kamal will be forced to follow the treatment plan. Authorities have not provided any details on the specifics of the crimes. In the wake of his arrest, City of South Fulton Councilwoman Natasha Williams Brown will now be uh, Mayor Pro Tem. It will really be business as usual when City Hall opens on Monday. We will continue following the charter. We will continue with our following. We will continue with following our ordinances and resolutions the same way we have been. South Fulton has a few cycles of controversy since Kamal took office in February 2022. Sorry, Oops. I hit back. Ooh. Oh, sorry, took office in February 2022. He vetoed police bonuses. In June 2022, city officials asked Fulton County District Attorney to look into Kamal's credit card use. Kamal asked the Juro, uh, Georgia Bureau of Investigations to investigate the city council for corruption. Fast forward to 2023, five city council members filed a lawsuit to get Kamal out of office back in March. Later that month, the city manager resigned. The April's mayor, uh, the, in April, the mayor's Easter egg hunt was shut down. And just last month, an online petition surfaced to de-annex a part of South Fulton with supporters calling the city's government dysfunctional. Williams Brown says she's ready and confident for the position, however long that may be. She just asked the citizens of South Fulton to remain steadfast. If I get called upon to do any official actions as the active mayor, that's what I'll do until such time as Mayor Khalid returns to duty. The city is in good hands. Yo. <laughs> this is a must see. This story is crazy, bro. So the story I read before basically said that he comes up to the house. The homeowner is inside the house, gets dressed real quick, runs to his truck, calls the police, then gets out of his truck, holds the mayor at gunpoint until the police get there. The police get there. Uh, he's telling him that he's he's talking about, I'm the fucking mayor, just wait till my police get here and like some other shit. Like, yo. I don't know if this belongs on everything is racist. This might belong on everything is crazy because, okay. He says, he alleges, Kamal says that the house that he was at is his dream home. And he was going to look at the house because he has dreams of buying it one day. But then he gets hit with trespassing and burglary. He also told the news that he thought the house was abandoned, but he told the police that he knew somebody lived there. But then, this the same dude who vetoed the police bonuses, so for the police to book him on charges that didn't really happen, whether they happened or not, is not outside the realm of possibility. But then I'm reading this shit, and they're talking about he's got to get through a treatment program before he can resume his duties. And they looking into his credit card use. This had this sounds like the dude who used to be the mayor of Detroit. I can't think of his name. I think it was like Kwame or something like that. But he was basically doing the same shit. Like he was like the mayor all in the strip club, throwing money, spending tax dollars on fuck shit. I don't, look, I'm gonna actually reserve this for something else. This we're gonna we're gonna have to follow up with this story. This may not be racist at all. I'm not going to lie to y'all. This may not be racist. This may really be. This may be some. I don't know, man. This seemed like a lot. This is what I mean when I say. It, I, you know what? I think it still is racist because the holding them at gunpoint waiting on the freeze nigger until the police get here. That feels racist. 
but his story seems kind of like bullshit and he seems kind of like a shady individual i'm not gonna lie i hate to say that about a fellow brother but uh i don't know it ain't looking too hot for my mans anyway um Some other shit that's always been interesting to me is like how conservative an environment football is. For how many of the players are black, even the even a lot of the black players, if you talk to them, they've been around, they've been in this hella conservative environment so long, and especially so many of those have been spent in their formative years and the male influences in their lives a lot of times are they coaches and believe me when you talk to these coaches particularly these old white fucking college coaches bruh they just as racist as any other old white man from the south bro they just be around black people all the time and i think that that speaks to something about racism that a lot of people may not be that familiar with depending on what part of the country they from or just like their life experiences right I feel as though a lot of people think, oh, a racist wouldn't see value in a black person in any way because a, a racist would think that black people had no value. That's not necessarily true. A racist does not see a black person as an equal. They don't see black people as, um, you know, like fully formed individuals that are capable of kind of the same stature a white man is, but they don't see us as useless and they never have. Even when white men own black men, they knew which black men was the strongest and the, the biggest and the ones most capable of doing stuff. Like a white slave owner could identify a black man with a knack for woods work. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you would make a hell of a carpenter. You know what I'm saying? They placed a higher value on slaves that they felt like were more useful. They don't, they, they look at us like tools. They look at us as almost like children in a way, something that they can form and mold into like with the proper guidance, you can use a Negro to get from point A to point B. I say that because a lot of times what you'll find is that these college coaches will lean on the fact that, you know, they spend so much time around these black players. So like, basically I can't be racist. You know, I, I have all these black players and they're like sons to me. You know, I, I couldn't possibly be racist. But mm, that's not true. That's not true at all. Uh, and what a, a lot of times what these people have is what you find a lot, of, which is black people that they like, like these black people, they're they're good. These are the these are the good ones. If all of them could be like this, then then the world would be all gravy. But too bad they're not all like this. You know, they're not all like 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 the blacks on my team, like the black people I know. And what you find in people like this is. They have an affinity for the black people that do the things that they want to see black people doing. But they still ascribe all of the negative attributes of any black person they meet to blackness. And that's something that's important to keep in mind. That's where the racism comes into play. You don't have to hate every black person, but if you ascribe a black person's negative traits to the fact that they're black, that's where the racism comes into play, right? If you have a, a 22 players on your team and you think that the five lazy ones are lazy because that's the environment that they grow up in because that's what the, the their home environment teaches them, and you need to work that out of them, you could see that being akin to some form of slavery and racism and ownership and white supremacy and all of those things. And I say that to say that um, Tommy Tuberville is a motherfucking racist. Uh, Tommy Tuberville is a senator from Alabama. He used to be the head coach for a really, really long time for Auburn, I believe. Uh, 
And Tommy Tuberville recently said this when asked about white nationalists. But just to be clear, you agree that white nationalists should not be serving in the U.S. military. Is that what you're saying? If, if people think that a white nationalist is a racist, I agree with that. I agree they should A white shouldn't. nationalist is someone who believes that the white race is superior to other races. Well, that, that's some people's opinion. Uh, and I don't think, that's I mean, a lot. Uh, pardon? What's your opinion? My opinion of a white nationalist, if somebody wants to call him white nationalist, to me is an American. It's an American. Now, if that white nationalist is a racist, I'm totally against anything that they want to do because I am 110% against racism. But I want somebody that's in our military, that's strong, that believes in this country, that's an American, that will fight along anybody, whether it's a man or woman, black or white, red, it doesn't make any difference. Uh, and, and so I'm a totally against identity politics. I think it's ruining this country. And I think that Democrats ought to be ashamed for how they're doing this because it's dividing this country and it's making this country weaker every day. First of all, the irony that the Democrats are the ones that live in a world full of identity fucking politics is crazy to me. Um, <laughs> that's the type of shit I mean. If you listen to the way that he's talking, right? First of all, to answer the question, do you support white nationalism with, or, or do you, do you, uh, like to, to sidestep the question of our white nationalist racism with the notion that white nationalists being racist is an opinion held by the host. Like, I mean, yeah, if that's your opinion that white nationalists are racist, then I mean, I guess I, I don't support racism. But even in that moment, he didn't even say, if you think white nationalists are racist, then I don't support right white nationalists. He was like, if you think white, if, if, you, if it's your opinion that white nationalists are racism, then I guess that's cool. I don't support racism. She then says, it's not my opinion. What do you think a white nationalist is? He responds with, well, I just think a white nationalist is an American. And if they just so happen to also be a racist, then, you know, I don't support the racism. I still support the white nationalism. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Being a white nationalist, that's cool. If you feel like America is a country by and for the white man, then, I mean, that's your prerogative. As long as you can still fight in the military next to a Negro, then, I mean, who am I to have an issue with how you feel in your personal life? That's that's the vibes I got from Tommy Tuberville in that moment. I got big, well, you know, as long as you don't say nigger in front of me, you know, you're out here trying to, because what it is is that they find it to be a war on white men. Like you're trying to find these white men and go through every little bit of their past and see if they've ever raped a woman or called a black a nigger or lynched somebody or something like that. Then you think that they shouldn't be allowed to serve in the military or be a police officer. or Where's it going to stop? That's the vibe that they have when it comes to shit like that. Also, it goes to show you the, the base that they pander to in a world where you literally cannot say, I don't support white nationalists. Because they're going to look at you like, oh, Tommy Tuberville is woke. Saying you not a white nationalist is woke now. That's the America that we live in now. That shit crazy. That shit is super fucking crazy to me, bro. And pay attention to that shit that they do too. Whenever you try and pin them on something that they do, they try and act like your assertion is an opinion. White nationalism is this. Well, I guess if that's your opinion. No, it's not an opinion. It's not an opinion. Like, this is what white nationalism is. White nationalists don't fuck with none of us, especially no niggas. Like, when Dylan Roof walked in that church, he definitely didn't walk in to fucking, uh, he, did, he didn't uh, stumble upon a black church in the name of white nationalism. You feel what I'm saying? He had a pretty good idea of what he was doing, and he was very well on brand when he made that decision just to be clear i think a white nationalist would find an issue with you not wanting to give them their credit as racist but you know whatever maybe maybe not Did those motherfuckers would do anything for power bro it's one of two things you'll do anything for power so you'll pander to a white nationalist or you are one or you believe in it 
ultimately which i mean when you look at the way that they don't want us to have critical race theory they don't want us to have they don't want us to learn about slavery in schools anymore they don't want us to learn about anything that actually happened to black people anymore so that they can tell us whatever happened they can rewrite the narrative to be whatever they want it to be so they're gonna whitewash history you know what I'm saying? While they slowly strip away protections that we have now under the guise that they're not necessary so that they can put us right back into a state that we used to be in before. Motherfuckers think it's a joke, bro, but it it, it really is, bro. They have no interest in seeing the majority of the populace be successful or pull themselves into a more advantageous position. They want to keep us in a position where we're always able to be exploited in one way or another because that's the way that they keep that hyper rich class. That's the only way that there can be there can there can be no billionaires without any people, without any slaves, basically. Like you may not literally be a slave, but you are enslaved to that low wage job that doesn't provide you with the adequate health care and doesn't give you the opportunity to get off and take time off and, and maybe take a step forward or any kind of real social mobility because they want to keep you in this space because they need people in this space. So they're not trying to actually give you more resources to pull yourself out because yeah, they could probably still be millionaires, but that's not enough. Anyway. The list of shit you can't do while being black is pretty long. I think we all know that. Um, one thing that I think is mischaracterized a lot about black people is I feel like people think we don't do outside shit. Like niggas don't hunt, niggas don't fish, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. And when you really think about it, that's nonsensical, especially in the South. Like, you know, we do all those things. You know, we hunt, you know, we fish because that's what all the motherfuckers out there do. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's a, it's a cultural thing in, in that part of the world. And most of the people in the South are black. So we do a lot of hunting, a lot of fishing. Um, one thing, uh, being black is that we get fucked with though. And if you if you black and you fish, you know that they fuck with us more than they fuck with other people. They they pulling up to you asking if you got your license and kind of lingering around, looking at you like you don't belong there, like you're gonna steal the fish out the water or some shit like that. And that's when you fishing at a lake. When you fishing anywhere in these like neighborhoods and shit like that that have these ponds. They got homeowners associations out there. And you know the homeowners associations be racist too. And a lot of times it gives these neighbors, it empowers them to feel like they're low-key like the neighborhood police. And they get to pick and choose who belongs somewhere. So I stumbled across these videos on TikTok. And it was, it was funny because it really shows how much we go through shit like this. Because this, this is a, a, a TikTok series from the same motherfucker getting approached over and over again by these, I think I'm the police-ass white folks. Let me put you on. All right. Mr. Policeman, video evidence. I'm just letting you know right here, Mr. Joy Porter, who lives over here, is harassing me from living in this neighborhood because he think I don't live here because of whatever reason, black, young, whatever reason, but he's right here. I just asked him if he want me to call the police or not. And he said, I don't live here. So this is the reason why I'm calling you. This is the video evidence. Hey, I'll just, <laughs> once again, once again, the same guy, we got the police, behind us the police bothering us while while i'm fishing once again the same people over here bothering us because we black or because we're young i don't know what's going on but the police just came over here and I, I, I literally asked them what's going on why are you bothering me can i see your id can i see this can i see that i live here i live here fam what the hell is going on like, did you, did you see that Let shit? Let me tell you something. Please tell them the truth. Shit is ridiculous. 
It's only because this is a nice neighborhood, majority white. This young brother lives here. And the fact that he's dark skinned, he's a darky (laughs) in a whitey neighborhood. (laughs) It's sad, man. It's insane. It's 2023, guys. Can we stop this? Can we stop this? 2023. The police has put up three cars. Three cars. We literally, I got one pole in the water. One pole in the water. Chilling, not acting crazy, no loud music, no anything, and the police show up. Why? Because we got these privileged neighbors bothering us. <laughs> Square bit, man. I'm gonna cut this video here. The reason why I'm gonna cut it is because obviously it's just gonna be more of the same, but there's literally four more videos. Like this motherfucker on different days at the same pond, you could tell there's like a little gazebo that you could tell. Like he obviously fished the same fucking spot every time he go out there. Different white folks walking up to him. Uh, just so you know, this is a private pool. You can't, or a private pond. You can't fish here unless you live here. Just so you know. Da, 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 da. Now, what would give you the audacity to walk up to a motherfucker who was fishing in a pond and just assume he don't live there? What would be your assumption to that? Why would you walk up to a white person with that bullshit and you know the answer is no? But let me tell you the reason why this pisses me off even more. Because this is actually how black men get murdered by the police. When you a black man doing something and just something mundane, something that should just be a regular part of your life, something small like trying to fish, get away from fucking life and the stress that we got out here and just do some regular old shit. Get in touch with the land, sit back, get your fishing pole, throw it in the water, drink you a little beer, whatever you do, and just enjoy a peaceful evening fishing. And for the umpteenth time, the police keep fucking with you. At what point are you supposed to stop greeting the police with a smile? How long do you think it stops or how long do you think it takes before when the police approach you, you already irritated and you already short with them and they asking you for your ID and all this other shit and you doing it, but you irritated. And then the next time the police come, you irritated again, but you still do it. And the next time they come, you still irritated, but you still do it. And then the next time they come, you irritated and he irritated too. And he asked you for your attitude with a uh, your ID with a little bit too much attitude. What happens then? What happens when you've been fishing in this spot trying to get away from the world and mind your business, but these fucking racist ass neighbors of yours keep calling the fucking police on you, fucking with you when you just trying to mind your fucking business. And what happens the day that you got an attitude, the cop got an attitude, he comes up to you asking for your ID, you telling him you don't want to fucking do it. And the next thing you know, he got his gun drawn at you in the middle of this motherfucking suburb. What happened before he come at you at night one day and you sleep in the fucking chair and he scare you and you pop up too fast and your black ass get shot? Because having black people encounter the police is dangerous, period. So don't fucking call no police on me unless I'm endangering you or your family, bro, or else you endangering me. You endangering my safety the moment you call the police on me, in particular, if you ain't think I was in no danger, I was endangering you. Just on some to exercise your whiteness to let me know that y'all really run this neighborhood, that this is really yours. You're going to put my life in danger over a fucking pond? Even if I didn't live here. See, that's the thing that they don't understand because they don't have to. They could just call the police on us for anything, little shit, because in their mind, it's like, well, if you're not doing anything wrong, you don't resist, nothing's going to happen. But I can give you countless examples of that not being true. So it seemed like it seemed little. It seemed like, oh, man, he he don't have to. He should just comply. He's over here videotaping his neighbors. He could have just said, yeah, I do live here and called it a day. He could just show the police officer's ID. He could just whatever. Bro, he paid money there just like them. He don't got to answer to them fucking people. And that's just one of the things, man, that that type of shit gets to me. That shit burns me up. More than anything, more than any other shit, when niggas is just minding their business. And we still get fucked with, bro. Those be the ones that I just can't stand. Anyway.
Man. Y'all know I grew up in white church, right? One thing about one thing about growing up in white church and getting older is realizing the mentality of the people who you went to church with. You know, you meet them when you a kid. So they you it's like I talked about earlier, you one of the blacks that they like. So they fuck with you and your family. So you don't even know them outside of this. So you think that this is just like, oh, they're just, this is a loving person. They love everyone until you start to realize that when you start bringing your friends to church, they start looking at your friends like they steal and they start treating them different. They was inviting everybody to their house, but they like iffy about some of the guests that are church now that they didn't came from yo, you know what I'm saying? They yo joiners. They more of these little black kids. They not sure if they want them in their home, looking at them all crazy, walking them to the bathroom and shit, waiting outside. Like, it's just crazy the way you look at these people different. And as I'm older, I start to see more examples, especially these fucking white Christian evangelists. You know what I'm Evangelists, conservative, conservative, whatever the fuck you want to call them, nigga. They be the worst ones. Them, them white Southern Baptists, and that's literally the church that I went to. Southern Baptist white church. Check my mans out. Oh. Blacks were slaves. Did they? ago or 200 years ago when the blacks were slaves did they ever go to washington dc and have a rally 200 years ago to protest against slavery did they no what did they do well a lot of good people in the plantations would say hey it's winter time let's let us help build a church for you dear folks and they loved them and taught them how to read so they can read the Bible. And here's what the blacks did about 150 years ago. They humbled themselves. They prayed. They sought God's face and they turned from their wicked ways. And God made slavery illegal through a several white presidents, right? It worked, didn't it? They didn't protest. 150 years ago. So that's what you niggers need to do. You niggers have been out here protesting and asking for your rights to be respected. When what you need to do is just humble yourself and turn from your wicked ways. And maybe through several white presidents, you'll get, I don't know, equality. Because that's what the blacks used to do. This motherfucker looked at his congregation and said, The, the slaves during the winter would get together and decide in an act of kindness to build a church for these good folks. Do you think that's really how it played out? You think they had a little slave meeting and were like, let's make sure we can help Whitey as much as possible? Or you think that they were like, ain't no kind for you niggas to pick. I's got something you could do. How about you get your black ass out there and build my church? I think it happened something like that. I think that it sounded a lot less like the the whispering of a crowd of Negroes, like we should go ahead and build, build pastor church. That's what you do. I think it sounded a lot more like whoosh, 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 whoosh. So you niggers think you don't have anything to do just because it's cold outside? Whoosh, 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 whoosh. You know, Jesus said. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. That's what I think it sounded like. That's actually what I think that sounded like. It's that motherfucker is the pastor of a church, bro. A motherfucker who thinks some shit like that, he didn't get the job today. And he didn't get the job with them not knowing he was going to say no shit like that. There's a large segment of the population who are perfectly fine with that being the way the story is told. That's fine. That's their iteration of America. 150 year, years ago, the blacks humbled themselves, and as a result, several white presidents freed them from slavery, which is just like nuts to think that somebody would even say that. He's out here giving, he think he dropping bars. I'm not going to lie. I didn't hear not one amen in that congregation, though. I feel like in a room full of white supremacists, they was like, 
I mean, I don't know that it happened that way. <laughs> they like, look, they hate niggas so much. They like, that's not the, the version of the story they want to hear. They like, ugh, like, I don't want them to have done it out of fun. I thought that we were beating them. Uh, <laughs> bruh, shit is wild. What else we got? Oh, yeah. So, one of the things in America that I find most disturbing is the black uh, maternal mortality rate. Um, black women, their babies die like two and a half, almost three times as often as white women. And that's when you hear that stat, I need you to know that they adjust for income in that. Because that's important. A lot of people will hear that and be like, well, yeah, white people have probably have better access to the more quality health care and all these other things. We're talking about dollar for dollar, equal circumstances, two and a half times more likely to die at the hands of healthcare professionals if you're a black woman. And when I think about it anecdotally about the pregnancies that I've seen, um, my mom and the black people I know, the black women I know, first of all, it's, it's crazy when I think about it this way. Most of the black women I know have had at least one really, really bad preg- pregnancy. Like, I hear black women say almost jokingly how their kids almost killed them all the time because I feel like it's really so regular in our community that until, at least for me, until I started seeing those stats projected out more regularly as far as like an alarm bell being rung, like black women are dying at the hands of these doctors. I genuinely didn't really realize that it was a thing that was happening to the black community. I thought that was just a part of pregnancy. And in truth, America does have a high maternal mortality and compared to other uh, modernized countries, but still two and a half times is crazy. And shit, my mom's had multiple pregnancies that almost killed her. I've had aunts, I've had cousins. I mean, just every set of women who I know who have had multiple kids have had really tough pregnancies, at least one of those. And I'm not talking tough, like lots of uh, fucking uh, morning sickness or anything like that. Tough, like this shit almost killed me. But um, I got a story about that. I got a video for this one. Tonight, the L.A. Times reporting a California hospital is facing a federal civil rights investigation for the way it treats black women giving birth there. My wife would be here with her boys if it wasn't for the color of her skin. The death of 39-year-old Kira Johnson initiating the scrutiny after her husband filed a civil rights lawsuit against Cedar sinai Medical Center. It was later settled. Kira and her husband Charles already parents to one son, a picture-perfect family. When she died after a scheduled C-section delivery of their second child in 2016. After allowing my wife to bleed and suffer needlessly, while my family and myself begged and pleaded for them to simply just treat her with dignity and respect. The case bolstered by this video deposition from Angelique Washington, a former surgical technician at Cedar sinai who was in Kira's operating room. The room started to look like a, a murder scene, a crime scene. It started blood everywhere. I knew it, w- it didn't feel good. The LA Times reporting on the investigation after reviewing a letter sent to Kira's husband, Charles, from the Federal Department of Health and Human Services, stating the department is reviewing the allegations. NBC News also obtaining the letter that says in part, the HHS Office of Civil Rights, quote, is aware of allegations that black women are provided a standard of care below what is provided to other women who are not black when receiving health care services related to labor and delivery. HHS confirming the investigation to the LA Times, NBC News has not heard back from the department. The CDC says in 2021, the maternal mortality rate for black women was 69.9 deaths per 100,000 live births. That's 2.6 times the rate for white women. It has to do with racism, racism in society, racism in healthcare, bias amongst healthcare professionals. So 
we're seeing a disproportionate number of deaths. A Cedars-Sinai spokesperson declining to comment on the investigation, but telling NBC News, Cedars-Sinai clinicians, leaders and researchers have long been concerned with national disparities in black maternal health, and we are proud of the work we've done and continue to do to address these issues. Kira's husband also filing a lawsuit against her doctor for gross negligence, receiving a $1 million settlement and filing an additional suit against the hospital that was also settled. Johnson vowing that the pain his family has endured will shed light on the devastating consequences. Kira's legacy will be that this is no longer allowed to happen any place. And Valerie Castro joins us now in studio. Valerie, the statistics alone should be enough to make us all stop and think about this. But seeing Kira, her family, the life she had and knowing she is no longer here, that's a gut punch. Were you able to speak with her husband tonight? Ellison, it's a devastating story, but her husband, Charles, says he is happy that this issue is now being taken seriously. He says after he came forward with the story of what happened to Kira and their family, he heard from other families who experienced similar tragedies. He said he hopes this investigation leads to change not only at Cedars-Sinai, but other hospitals and other healthcare systems across the country. Valerie Castro, thank you so much for that important report. We appreciate it. Thanks for watching our YouTube channel. Follow today's top stories and breaking news by downloading the. Yeah, I feel like. <sighs> this is really one of them situations where. Money's not going to make it any better by any by any means but money's the only thing that holds people accountable in america like if a motherfucker could get away for with doing something to you without having to pay you out for it they'll keep doing that shit and that's that's just my honest to god belief so to see this this husband have already won one lawsuit against the hospital and then another federal investigation on the hospital now because i feel like what we need to be more concerned with is how we get this to stop like there's gotta be an answer to this and like obviously it's like bias it's all these other things but feeling like your livelihood is attached to you not having these results to you taking this shit seriously do you finding a way around these things as an institution that's got to be your most important mission in my opinion there's no way that you could call yourself a hospital if you feel like it's cool that you just happen to kill way more black women it should be imperative that you figure out how to change that and if it takes getting sued by the federal fucking government for you to do that shit well then maybe it'll get done now one last thing I'll say about this, though, this is because everything is this is another part of that whole when they tell you it don't matter who you vote for shit. I'm not listening to that because there's no way Donald Trump has any kind of cabinet, any kind of federal uh, justice system, uh, department that would have any interest in going after a hospital because of some niggas that died. Say whatever you want about old man Joe Biden. That motherfucker talking about God bless the queen at the end of interviews. And that's probably his cocaine that was at the White House and some old shit. I don't give a fuck, bro. There's more shit getting done for me and people I care about than it ever was in the last presidency. So I would never even consider going back. Fuck that, nigga. That, that literally talking about make America great again. You will. All right, bet. We're not even gonna go through this. Cool. Make America great again. Go ahead. Vote for your own fucking slavery on some weird shit. Anyway. That's all I got on that, y'all. I got one more segment. We got to get out of here because I'm supposed to have already went and got blazed. I'm the worst dad ever. So let's do one more segment and we will get the fuck. All right. Y'all, we late on this damn near, so I know we've been, I've been seeing y'all talk about this all over my social media feeds. I wasn't even going to talk about this, but I had to because this is what I've been seeing everywhere. Jonah Hill, abusive and toxic, you know what I'm saying? Hits up his ex-girlfriend, his, surf, his surfer ex-girlfriend, sorry, uh, Sarah Brady, released some text messages that she sent talking about how she's done waiting and she wants to, to let motherfuckers know about the abuse that she deal with and all that other shit. So 
she posts Jonah Hill's text messages to her from when they were together. He texts to her plain and simple. If you need surfing with men, boundaryless, inappropriate friendships with men to model, to, po- to post, uh, hold on, sorry. Ooh, ooh. To post pictures, to post sexual pictures of, uh, to sex, to, oh, sorry, to post sexual pictures, friendships with women who are in unstable places and from your wild recent past beyond getting a lunch or coffee or something respectful. I am not the right partner for you. These things bring you to a place of happiness. I support it and there'll be no hard feelings. These are my boundaries for a romantic partnership. My boundaries with you based on ways these actions have hurt our trust. Um, he says some other shit, but basically, this was the the gist of the situation. So let me give y'all my take on this. Is Jonah Hill an abusive partner? From what I saw in those text messages, no, that's not abuse. Is that corny? Yes. Is it insecure? Yes. Is it small? Yes. Is it controlling? Yes. It's all of those things, but it's not abuse. I'll tell you one of the key reasons why it's not abuse. Because even though he's absolutely trying to control her behavior, he's not trying to harm her mentally or physically as a result of something that she's done or how he feels. And that's what abuse is. Verbal, emotional, physical. It is the attempt to harm the person who you are with in order to, it's basically like negative reinforcement. It's like, I want to hurt you so that you don't do that shit again or because you hurt me or whatever, that's abuse. This is just not that. It's some corny ass shit. It's all kinds of other stuff, yes, but it's not abuse. But I will tell you something. Her sharing those text messages is absolutely a wild breach of privacy. And if that had went the other way around, I don't feel like people would be ignoring that part so much because she's a woman. And because what he did is so cringy, people are really not analyzing the how we found this information part of it out enough to me. And for you to dig up your old text messages from your ex-boyfriend to post on social media a year after y'all broken up, right after he just had a baby with his new girlfriend or or some bullshit like that. That's corny as fuck to me. And that's some thirsty ass, I want to be in the spotlight ass shit. And you will never convince me that it's not that. To me, the vibe I got was this white girl seeing this black girl all on everybody's social media feed over some shit going on with her and her boyfriend. And she's like, oh, I have a I have a boyfriend like that too. I, I too have been abused in a relationship. And just like they do, took that shit, took took some shit that happened all in front of us that Kiki Palmer never came out talking about, oh, Darius Jackson abused me and blah, 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 blah. You never heard that shit from Kiki Palmer. She just went through her shit and we all ascribed our own shit to it like we do all celebrity bullshit. But this girl is like, this is my moment. People are all in the relationships. They're on this, oh, these men are this way shit. I'm going to show them how much of a piece of shit Jonah Hill is. But let me tell you something. Though what he did was corny, he did not hold her captive in that relationship. He didn't pretend that it was something it wasn't, which I think is more trash for a motherfucker to sit up there and act like they'll accept things from you that they want just to later double down and treat you like shit because of something you did that they used to accept. I think that's worse, even though he is absolutely trying to change her from the person that he met to this fucking housewife. You know what I'm saying? Like he wants her to be this prairie wife with this fucking flannel dress on and shit like that. Now that they together, even though it was cool that she was out in bathing suits with pictures on Instagram when they were single. Like, I mean, like that's his opinion of how it's supposed to go down. And do I think that that's corny? Definitely. You get what you get, bro. If she was a bad bitch on Instagram, when you get her, she gonna want to continue to be that. And if you're gonna stifle that, even if she agrees, you taking away something from her that was a part of her to begin with. And it attracted you to her to begin with. So, I mean, like, let her live. Like, you know who she really about and what she really for, whatever. But for her to one-sided release the text messages from a conversation, we don't even know what's went down between them. We don't know what the reasoning that she he said that shit is because she done fucked every nigga she done been on a surfboard with. And he's like, I've taken eight times of you cheating on me, but now we're going to stay, whatever, whatever. Like, we don't know anything except for she decided that we all needed to be on the inside of their relationship. And, and listen... I feel like in the generation that we in, all of us have been guilty 
of putting shit on social media that shouldn't be on social media or having a little bit too much of our relationship in the public eye or whatever. There's no way that I would look at somebody bringing out the text messages from inside their relationship and posting them on social media. There's no way I wouldn't look at that as a violation. That's a violation a hundred times out of a hundred. Like, yeah, I knew you had record of this when I texted to you, but I didn't text it to you for you to show the world. It's really not much different than you sharing somebody's new pictures online without their consent. For you to share something that somebody sent you in confidence without their consent is fucked up. Is the is the new thing worse? Yeah, like I mean, because it's 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 a different level of the worst thing. I mean, of the same thing, but it is still the same concept to me. I don't know. I feel like I haven't seen that enough. I'm not trying to cave for Jonah Hill. I'm not trying to say that that's a good example of setting boundaries because it's not. It's a trash example of setting boundaries. Is motherfuckers using therapy terms to be narcissistic and to indulge in their own insecurities instead of really taking the time and energy it takes to confront those insecurities and have the conversations and and um, um, fucking... I cannot think of the word I'm looking for. When two people come together with the, uh, you know, with common ground, like a relationship, you, you bring it together. It's a goddamn, oh my God, why can I think of this word? It's not a hard, it's not that big of a word, y'all. It begins with a C. Uh, compromise. There we go. God damn. Good old compromise. Anyway, uh, you know, whatever. Like, that's that's what a healthy version of that looks like. But but what he did wasn't healthy and it was bullshit. And I can understand her leaving. But you left and you're not with him and he's with somebody else. And at the end of the day, honestly, if, if, it, if it's a woman out there who will do all of that, it's a woman out there who's like, OK, whatever. Like, I won't do any of that stuff because I want to be with you. And we could all think it's weird, but that'll be their relationship or maybe not or whatever. But the putting the text messages out to me was worse than the text messages. And I'll, I'll forever feel that way. Anyway, y'all, it's been real. I got to go be a father to my kids. You know what I'm saying? I got to go get Blaze. You know what I'm saying? Uh, appreciate y'all for tuning in as always. Uh, I will try and drop y'all another episode this week. I've been trying real hard to give y'all two episodes a week, but y'all been getting at least one a week. Make sure you tell a friend. You can subscribe for $5. You know what that's talking about. You can leave a review. You can do all of that anyway. You know what I'm saying? Until next week, I love y'all as always. Peace. Yeah. Double up the respect. Came through the wire, fresh out the fire, my mic check. Leaning and rocking, feel it yourself, it's high tech. Moving pieces all on the board, my nigga trying to see. Mm. My gift to gab on it. Escape trials and tribulations, fighting your honor. Shark in the water, grabbing for paper like I'm Nirvana. Code of honor that I follow, my nigga, is worth billion. Huh. Homie, fuck your greasy granny them. He been slapping shit so long, they gotta come and Grammy him. He so fly, he walk on stars, solar systems carry him. Bank account status when they marry him. Billion. Uh, make sure you say it two times. Dre, Dre, nigga. Make sure you say it two times. <laughs> Trying to see the salad with the croutons. Laying the foes down like futons for the... Billion. Yeah, man, you're not tuning in. Fuck this shit podcast. And billions 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 and bill